All right, if you're a fan of the show, then you know we cover the 80s and 90s retro movies. But if you really know the show, you know my heart lies in the 80s. That's where all the favorite things of mine have been. Cartoons, movies, TV-wise, music, everything 80s for me is the way to go. So today's show is going to be really fun for me. We have for you an actress from the 1980s. An iconic 80s film actress, known for her dark curly hair and dialects. Her very first movie was The Last American Virgin in 1982. She's played in Amy DeVille 2, The Possession. She was in Better Off Dead as Monique Genot. And she was one of the medieval princess babes, Joanna, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and so much more. Today, we're going to be talking with Diane Franklin. We had a great time hanging out with her, just talking life in general and some of her movie stuff. And I really hope you guys enjoy it. We try to be different than all the interviews she's had in the past where it's just strictly all about her movies. We kind of want to get to know more about her, and we hope that we did that. So if you like today's show, make sure you go to the website, RetroLife, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Go to the top of the page, leave us a good rating on Podchaser. And if you listen to us on iTunes, make sure you give us a review as well as a five-star rating. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show. Along with me this week, we got Mr. Travis Rollins, as usual. Travis, how are you doing today? I'm good. Still uh, still campaigning for changing the name of the show to Two Ball Guys Yapping. That's good. Hey, that'll work, too, because it's no lie. <clears throat> That's right. No lie at all. Oh, hey, actually, we I'm doing some... great today. I'm doing great today because we got such a good show, man. Well, that is. We do have a good show. We'll tell you in just one second. We don't want to give it away too fast. Not too mm-hmm. fast, but you know, or you'll forget this. And while I'm thinking about it, if you're new to the show, first time listening, we do 80s and 90s movies for the most part. Every now and then, we'll throw in something from the 70s and 2000s. If you like what you're listening to, please give us a subscribe and a follow. And you can also catch us on social medias at Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name at Retro Life for You. Our website, Travis, do you mm-hmm. remember? Do you remember? Do you? Do you? What about it? Retro life for you.com R E T R O L I F E the number four, the letter U.com is where you'll find us at. You can listen to the podcast there, follow us from there, get on the email list and everything. So absolutely. Well, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. Well, this week we have an interview. I know, I know we have an interview this week. You know, we, every now and then we get lucky and get us an interview for the show. You guys like, I think you're going to enjoy this as well. So, if you're a fan of the 80s, you might have seen Last American Virgin. You might have seen Better Off Dead. You might have seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Amityville 2. Skip so much up. more. Man. Been on quite a few TV shows. So bring it in with us now, Miss Diane Franklin. Here we go. Yes. Diane, welcome to yes. the show. Hey, everybody, how's it going? <laughs> hey, I'm so glad <laughs> to have you with us. Show. Oh, no, wait. Thank you for coming on the show. We're glad to have you with us this week. Yes. So you're in California. Hope the weather's doing pretty good there. Finally, it's really nice. Um, it's been raining a lot. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows. We've 
we usually don't have rain and it's was raining a lot and now um which we needed i have to say mm -hmm. um and i love the rain um but uh you know it's it's beautiful it is beautiful here um, kind of dotted all the way across the country too so we got we've got like west coast you're just east of mid of the midwest there aren't, aren't you on the west side of uh tennessee chris no i'm, I'm middle you're i'm directly in the middle I'm, I'm just a, i'm just outside of nashville yeah so that's still that's still a little a little ways but i'm full on east coast so we're clear across the country and it's been raining yeah. like, like crazy too for the past so year. we're representing the entire united states right yeah, now. Exactly. pretty much <laughs> we're we're coast to coast here today and luckily for me, it's been sunny this whole weekend. I mean, you know, knock on wood, you know, but sunny the whole weekend. I can't, I can't complain about that. Not I at all. I wanted to go to Nashville, uh, to Tennessee. I've never been there. And I think awesome. I hear it's a great city. Nashville's a fun place to be, especially if you're about music and everything. A lot of mm -hmm. stuff to do for music, a lot of little and museums. Food, and right? food. That's, yeah. that's what I was about to bring up. We, mm -hmm. we went, uh, my wife and I went to the Grand Ole Opry here a few years ago way before covid shut down and oh man that place is hopping this and it's like a you know it's like a an la or a new york or an atlanta too like it never shut then it never shut down it was just oh wow all night long you know if you uh, if you go downtown to second avenue second avenue and broadway stays going all night long you got tootsie's bar it's the original one there's one in panama city i know maybe one somewhere else but the one in nashville is the original mm -hmm. it's a fun place to go like i said there's there's no place you can't go down there, no club that don't have music playing most of the time. So depending on what your on what your likes are, you you can find a little bit of everything. So cool. Yeah. Totally yeah. excellent, I'll say. Totally excellent. excellent. <laughs> so I've uh, been doing a little little research and everything this weekend, uh, getting ready. I've rewatched Better Off Dead. It's like one of my favorites from the '80s for sure. I know a lot of people love that movie. It's it's, it's hilarious. That's why you'll notice under my name there, I am requesting my two dollars. <laughs> that is uh, fantastic. I love the better of Dead. Uh, I played Monique Genon in If You Have Not Seen the Film. And don't get confused because I talk exist in the film, uh, not, like a, not like regular voice. Yeah. Um, and Can I, I, ask really you, I want to ask you a question about that, yeah, cool. about that real quick. How long does it take you to uh, learn how to flatten your tongue and pull the air pockets in here for the French? You know, I, I've always loved the French dialect and I actually took French in school and um, mm -hmm. my first exposure to it was French Canadian actually. And uh, my parents took me uh, to Canada and for on a vacation, I think Quebec, I think. And, um, it was, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the sound of it. So my ear always picked it up. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then obviously when I went for the role, I, you know, studied the language and I, you know, worked with the dialect coach, but, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful, fr French is so beautiful, but the talking like we say French, uh, dialect is very uh, alluring. I think. <laughs> I think it's very nice. It's it's always to not that I've studied <laughs> a bunch of languages, but I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of of different uh, cultural ethnicities and, and a lot of yeah. of language. And it's so funny to me because I pick up on things so quickly with that, and and they marvel at it because it's so hard usually for Americans to get the different ways that we do things. Like I know, like I was saying with the French, we have to flatten our tongues out. We put right of air into like your your look your lower cheeks and then with with oh. the Russian accent you'll you'll start pulling your tongue backwards instead of back with you right very nice so like this back here yeah throat. yeah so yeah that's pretty cool with, and you'll roll your mouth yes. I like that <laughs> see you see why I keep him around now 
I mean, he's, I, he's great. Yep, Travis, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the man. Excellent. We'll work on the surfer, dude. We'll work on that. Right? Yeah. Uh, before you uh, got into Last American Virgin, did you get much for TVs and commercials and everything? I, I've read somewhere I, you were acting since you were 10 or something. Yes, I, absolutely. And by the way, for those of you who don't know, like I have a book out that, you know, I wrote. Um, you can get it on Amazon. If you look up Diane Franklin books and the reason I wrote it was because I was like, how do you get, how do you become a movie star from not knowing anyone, not knowing anything? You are just a regular person, you know, you're living in maybe the suburbs or, you know, outside of the city and you just dream of being in movies. And so I, I just always wanted to do it and wound up um, starting, and not everybody does this, but I mean, everyone has their own path of how to get to being an actor, people who are actors, there's not one way. But for me, um, I started with wanting to do it and then asking around and finally finding, we started with a modeling agent and I started, started with modeling and then I got into commercials and, uh, voiceover and theater and a soap opera. That was my first sort of introduction before I got Last American Virgin. Um, I, I did an extra work on Endless Love uh, with Brooke Shields. And I just just kept doing anything I could, even hand modeling, honestly. I did anything I could to do some kind of acting work. And I think it's obviously it's just by not giving up. I'm a stubborn person. Mm-hmm. Um, stubborn, very stubborn. So I think that is really, you know, eventually your time comes, you know, uh, and right. my time came with Last American Virgin. I got, I got the lead. That was the first role. But by mm-hmm. then, because I had done all that other acting, I was ready. Nice. Heck yeah. So building your craft and, and, and like you said, never giving up, never stopping and just going, going hard. One of the, yeah. one of my favorite quotes of all time, I grew up, so I was born in 1980. So I grew up with all the, all the, all the eighties action stars and everything too. And oh, wow. always been one of my greatest heroes, even into his older age. But one of my favorite things that he ever said was, uh, if you're sleeping more than five hours a night, you're sleeping too much. You, you know, you got to learn how to sleep less and work more. Well, you know, here's the thing. I think what happens is when you are really little, you know, you kind of know what you like to do what makes you happy and sometimes you have parents that say stop it <laughs> don't right. when you're not you're not yeah. good enough like they, you know just you get that kind of thing and for some reason you know when you're little you believe it you go oh okay I guess I'm not good at that or I guess I'm not going to do that but you might love it and I really think that kids have to try you gotta try you and, and as that's why I'll see like people who wanted to act their whole life they didn't because everyone said no and then you know, they're in their forties and they say, you know what, I'm going to do this. Or like, you know, I know somebody who started right. acting when they were thirties and they kept doing it and now they're in things. So well, we see I think on- you just have to trust your gut. And when you're an adult, you're no, you're in charge. Right. You know, you 100%. You're in charge of your life. You know, another funny thing too, is that my wife and I discussed too, you know, even, even into adulthood where we turn around and realize that, you know what, our parents were just trying to figure it out too. Like we just, <laughs> right. Like, Can we just like put that, on a plaque, yes, yeah, you know so that's parents are all to... trying to figure it out in uh, in the as as it's going, you know, and they do their best. Mm-hmm. 
because they also want to protect you. I mean, like, obviously my parents were, um, you know, they wanted to protect me. So it's that double thing. But the thing that I had was my parents were old, older. Like my mom had me when she was 40. So mm -hmm. when they allowed me, you know, like they said, okay, do it. I think they were just exhausted. You know, we matters. as parents don't realize that we do that to our children either. We don't realize that little things like that hold them back. Like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they're climbing up on a coffee table and got a sheet wrapped around their neck get down off the coffee table. You don't stand yeah. on that. And well, that was just, they were on top of, they were on top of, you know, uh, the empire state building about to save somebody. You know, they were playing. Exactly. And maybe you know, they're, they were doing, becoming a stunt person and you never, you know, yeah, we don't realize we stifle that creativity sometimes. Yep. It That's is, them. it is real. I mean, you know, as a parent, again, you know, you're going back and forth about it, but I know with like, with my kids, um, you know, I, I think the best thing to do with your kids is to let them do what they want to do within the safety of you watching them, you know, yes. and that's kind of what allowed me to do my thing because my parents were there so I could try acting before I had to make it on my own, you mm -hmm. know, before I had to make my own living, you know, and I think that is, um, and you know, the other part of it is if you have a kid who doesn't want to do something, don't make them do it. Like seriously, like that's <laughs> bad stuff happened where like a parent's like, you're going to be just like me, you're going to do this. And the kid does it. Mm -hmm. And the kid either like will wait until they're old enough to go, no, I'm doing my own thing. Or like sometimes the kids are really like, you just see them suffering and it's, it's just not, it's not going to turn out the way you want it to. So I, right. I, I think what's fascinating, what you guys are talking about, which is really interesting is parenting is such a big part of success. You know, yes. and I, I don't know if you guys are watching, there was this, there's this new documentary from Brooke Shields, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you saw this, it's on, there's a docu-series she just did and I was watching it and I knew her mom and I knew Brooke, uh, Brooke Shields and, um, and, you know, everyone goes, oh, you know, your, her mother pushed her or, you know, I mean, but Brooke loved it. I mean, Brooke was awesome and she, it was such an interesting thing, but there was also a thing where the mother was in her eyes, doing the best thing she could for her daughter because she wanted her daughter to be able to stand on her two, own two feet, make her own money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of back and forth. So yes, I mean, she might've been pushy, but Brooke saw that part of it too in her family. So it is, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on page with what you're talking with what you're talking about too. My mm -hmm. wife's actually a counselor, and we have two autistic children. And um, she's she's written a book. She's doing a she's actually working now on a presentation with Pezzy. She's done a lot of stuff with Temple Grandin, and, and uh, they're just really in that field. And one of the things that we're coming to realize, or that we have come to realize too, is that you know everybody's just trying to do the best they can. There's you know, we like to joke and say, you know, there's no book on how to be a parent. Yeah, there's thousands <laughs> of books on how to be a parent, and they're all different because we don't know. We're just trying our best. And yep. hearkening back to what you said, you know, love them, give them space, don't force things on them, keep them safe. Because one of the one of the greatest things I ever heard was was from someone who I didn't expect it from. They told me the best piece of parenting advice I ever got, and she told me that Travis. No matter what you do, no matter what you impart on these kids, they're going to grow up to be who they're going to be, you know, and that just made yes. me think, like that's the that's the wisest thing I've ever heard about parenting, because we can we we imprint, of course, you know, during a certain age. But, you know, it's 
two ends of a spectrum. You know, you, you don't know that you're about to raise the next president of the United States. You don't know that you're about to raise the next Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. No, I you completely agree. Pre- I mean, that's something that's extreme, but it is. You know, I mean, do what they're going to do and be who they're going to be. Yes. Uh, I think that is, uh, that is very true that, you know, that your child has a nature. And I think that the parent's job is to look at the kid and go, what let the kids speak, uh, hear them, and then say to yourself, where is this kid? What is their forte? And how can I help them? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is interesting, but based on who they are, yeah, you know, really it is, it's, we all are born, like for instance, as an example too, like when I was a kid, I, I know like my parents were like, wow, like what is this? this child? I had like, I was very, um, happy, upbeat, um, active. And, you know, I think another parent would have been like, just, you know, stop it. You know, don't, you know, it's not going to happen. I don't know, you know, but I think, you know, look at the things that can happen. And by the way, I will tell this to you parents, if your child has made it nap till now, they will do it again. Like, don't worry about them if you give them the tools and teach them how to be in the world, they have that in their pocket and they will bring that when they need it. You know, you don't, um, and you have to let them experiment and grow by themselves at times. You cannot hover, you know, because then they feel your nervousness about them and they never feel like they can do it. Like, oh, I guess if, you know, my parents are nervous about me, then I guess I, they feel that they can't trust themselves. And the goal right. of it is you want your children to be able to trust themselves. 100%. I don't know if you want to hear all this stuff, but I mean, that's my experience parenting. We're here to hear whatever right. you want to talk about. That's oh, what we good, love. We want to be exactly. interviews. We want to be, we want to do something different. We don't like cookie cutter, cookie cutter recipes. I love we it. Yeah, do you know, to fall back on what you're saying earlier about people, you know, forcing things on the kids, I think the worst or the best example for that is probably sports parents. They want their kids, they push their kids through football yeah. or baseball or basketball. It's very hard. It's hard for pageant parents. Well, it's kind of along the same line, in a way. Yes. Very hard, too. There's a combat. There's so, there's so many. And, you know, let's just say that the, the sports and the parents – it's the same parent. It's the same thing. It's that the parent who the parent who pushes is is could be in any field, right? Mm-hmm. And they often feel like they're doing something good because they think, well, if I make my child do this, it's what I wanted, and I wish my parents had done that. Or maybe they just, you know, didn't quite miss it, but they think with they are behind it, then it's going to happen. And it, and unfortunately, ricochets. Um, a lot. You will get a lot. The child will push themselves, but it really has to be a mutual relationship. It really has to. Otherwise, it, it slingshots into, you know, alcoholism and, you know, mm-hmm. drugs and stuff because that per- child needs to express themselves. Absolutely. You know, tra- uh, <laughs> and child becomes an adult. I mean, and the child, there's a whole thing. I mean, my my feeling is I'm very, very fortunate to have been loved and therefore I know how to love. Absolutely. And I think that's really that's the key. If you just love your kids, they will then pass that on into their, into their adulthood. But mm-hmm. if it's conditional, then that's going to be part of their growing up too. And that is not, I believe me, it might seem not like it's a problem now, but it will become a problem later. Right. You just, and you know what? Guess what? It's What's never that? too late to love. 
It's never right. too late to tell your kid I love them. And even if they don't believe you, just keep saying it. It never is too late. It's just, we, we think uh, we blew it and that's over. Mm-hmm. But that's that's really what that comes across kids, a lot too. Um, I've yeah, right. I struggle with um, with our generation um, and the the early to mid boomers not knowing how to convey some by a, a large amount of them anyway, not really realizing how to access that emotional um, connection. And then after years go by, they they get the guilt of man, I could have done so much better. That it's just kind of, and now there's a disconnect where our generation is like, yep. why aren't you more involved? Why aren't you? Are they? We want something more from them that they're just not. They're emotionally cut off to be able to to even give us because they weren't taught. You know what I mean? Or, right. Or, no, that's exactly. You have you to. Know? You have to talk to your kids. You have to. You. I mean, I. I'll tell you, like my personal thing. Like, first of all, I. I have two kids. My kids are in their twenties now. I talk to them. You know since they were little, I explained things to them. I, I, I modeled behavior, you know? Um, and then and now I teach too. I teach kids. So I'm very much aware okay. of all the different age ranges and the behavioral things. And I'm okay. Maybe like we talked about nurture and nature. I'm going to say 99.9% of kids are good kids. Mm-hmm. Really good kids. I, I don't even, I have to say 100% only because there has never been a kid that I felt couldn't got, be gotten through to. It's just you have to take your time and you have to see, sometimes you have to step back to see mm-hmm. what they need. And yes, people get frustrated, you know, raising children because yes, parents get exhausted and they're, and they're yeah. overworked. And the world right now is like, how do you raise children? How do you pay for things? But honestly, to help a healthy kid, you don't need the money. What you need is the time to spend with them. I actually thought COVID, the time of COVID was actually a good thing for Americans to be with their kids or the whole world to be with their kids. I mean, obviously, that you have a, abusive that. parents is a whole different story, but still like, it, it was a time where the kids and parents got to know each other, be together more. Absolutely. And hopefully that was something that was more bonding. I think we're going to find more kids closer to their parents now as, as they mature because yeah, of it. Started a movement kind of too. We're seeing too is, you know, you've got, uh, you've got, you've got injured the spectrum all over, but you, you know, you've got people wanting to pay $15 an hour and you've got an engineering degree, but at the same time, you know, we've got, We've got this yeah. thing too, where people had that time to get back with their family and they're like, you know what? I'm not going to work 50 or 60 hours a week anymore. I found out I don't need to do that to survive. And I want to be with my family because that's what is yeah. important. That's important to me. Yeah. There's so many people losing so many at one time, right. you know, it, it just kind of put things into perspective. I feel like for a lot of Americans or a lot of the world, really. That's exactly. See, I do the same thing. I think Americans and I go, wait a minute, you know, the, the COVID was the thing that bonded the world. Mm-hmm. As bad as it was, it was, it's something that you could talk to anybody about in the world and they can relate. And we never had that before. You, right. We never, you know, had that experience where we could just talk, you could talk to somebody in, in France or in Germany or in England or in mm. China, sorry. <laughs> but you know, about it. You know? <laughs> well, so, I want to ask you a question about the, the teaching. You're so passionate about the children. I mean, it's, obviously we're so passionate about our, our next generation. Um, 
you said you're in the teaching. I was about to ask if you're in any kind of advocacy or if you're doing anything with that. What kind of are you actually teaching like a grade or are you? I am teaching. Um, well, see, it's very fun. What I did was I and I wanted to talk to people about this, too, about education. Like, here's what happened. Like, I started with my career in acting and I saved all my money to go to college. Um, I My parents did not go to college and I they did not even say anything to me about college. I mean, it wasn't even a thing. So it wasn't like, a thing I, like well, you're going to graduate and go. They didn't. Yeah, no, they didn't even. There okay. was nothing. But I wanted to go to college because I because they were like first generation. I was the first I was the first person born in America from my family. So oh, wow. I was first generation. So I was like, I want to have an American experience. I want to go to college because that's what people do in America. And I want to have that experience. And I knew as an actress, like that was part of my development. Like I really wanted to know what people were talking about when they were talking about college. And so um, it was a really, it was just a whole different head. So like I saved my money and I applied to, I think only like three colleges. I applied to, now this is crazy and I did very well in, I mean, I did well in school. I was an A, you know, B plus A student. I, I, education did not come easy to me. I really, it wasn't, I was, wasn't one of those, um, um, what do you call it? Uh, photographic memory. I didn't have a photographic memory. So it was not easy, but I really was stubborn. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's a stubborn again. So yeah. I um, saved all my money. And I went to college and I paid for college. Like that's a crazy thing. And I only went to, I applied to UCLA, Princeton and oh, NYU. Wow. That was it. And not <laughs> that I could have gotten into Princeton really, but I applied anyway. But I used uh, my all my acting, the work that I did as an actress, I made a reel to show that it wasn't just my grades. Like a lot of times in colleges now, they'll be like, well, you know, yeah, you got your, you know, um, you're got all A's, but tell me something about you. You know, that's why college uh, colleges would say um, we need something more because if everybody gets an A, then how are they going to distinguish who gets into their college? It has to be mm -hmm. something about their passion. So I submitted, you know, my um, my acting reel and as well as my grades. And then and then um, and I got into NYU which is interesting uh, because I, I, I didn't get into Princeton. No, you know, <laughs> right. no surprise on that. Um, and I got into UCLA, but I wasn't going to go all the way to California. Yeah. So when I got into NYU, um, I was auditioning at the same time. I was living in New York, auditioning and going to school. That's what I was going to ask during what time, about what time this was during. Uh, 1980 to 1980 one and a half like or okay. two like mm -hmm. just a year and a half right and what was interesting was that i started getting so much acting work that i had to stop mm -hmm. uh going to school i had to so but that to me was like i can always go back to school but you can't always go back to your career or opportunities right when it's like right. you play a sport and you get an opportunity mm -hmm. to play for somebody you have to take it 100%. i mean it won't come again that's very important for people to know who have children or acting. is it when opportunity knocks yes open the door okay yeah, <laughs> just open the door once you pass on it's gone yeah, yes it is too, and you, know? you can't save it and it's a moment and you know it 
and you may not understand it. You may not even think you're ready, mm-hmm. but you got to open the door. You got to take the chance. You got to be brave. As one of the things I say is be brave in life. Uh-huh. So I wound up um, going to going to NYU, stopping, and then I went full into my career, and I got work, 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 work. And then what happened was when I stopped. Um, then um, I got married and I started to have a family. And so I stopped acting to raise my family because mm-hmm. I wanted to raise my family. I didn't want somebody coming in and, and being a, you know, what do you have a, what do they call it? Like a not nanny a nanny or something. What? No, they're like a nanny or something yeah, like that. Kind of like a, it's like something. Yeah. An au pair, right. A au pair to come yeah. in and take care of my children. I want to raise my own children. Right. I wanted to do yeah. that. That is one of the gifts yeah. of life. And I tell you, no matter what kind of children you have, it's a moment in time. It is a window of life. Oh, and, that's it, it, and every year is special. And if you, May, you may not be very good at a certain time of their life. Like maybe you're really good when they're little, but when they start talking, you, you can't deal. Or maybe they're mm-hmm. teenagers and the hormones, you're like, I can't do this. But the point is that try, because maybe if you're having a difficult time, maybe that's, maybe it's your time to learn. Maybe it's your time to grow. Your children will teach you things that you didn't know. So, And it's no joke that the older we get, the faster time goes too. Those years. Yes. It does. It does. Off. My, it, mine's already turning 23 this year and I can't believe that. Right. That's like, when did that happen? Like they were, you just like little, right? Yeah. yeah. I've got and a 24 year old. They're uh, 23 20, now. They'll never be 23 20, again. Enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Every year they have is, is a gift. All right. right. And if you get that, then first of all, you will be a happy person because you'll understand, wow, I'm lucky that I can see this. Like some people, they die. They can't even see their children grow. So whatever. I'm going to the other side. (laughs) Mine are like, I've got like 20, I've got a 24 year old, a 23 year old, a 22 year old. My daughter to 22 year old, she's in college. And then I've got a 10 year old. (laughs) So that's a lot. Oh my God. And now you're seeing, and this 10 year old has gone through COVID too. So it's a whole new world, right? A whole new world. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so what happened was I went after I went and had family, that's when I went back to school at night. Okay. And look, I'm acting my whole life. I've been acting and doing things, but in order as an actress, I need to fill the cup. So what I'm saying is as an actor and I'm a, you, you act what you experience and what you learn. So I said to myself, well, where can I take my acting and bring it full circle? And so I thought teaching, if I get some kind of teaching degree, maybe I can take my acting and move it into giving back. So I got my BA and then I got my teaching credential. So now I teach as a drama teacher or a theater teacher um, at a public school um i could have gone to a private i i don't know somebody um there was a superintendent who really just he just saw what i did with the kids and how i was with the kids and i don't even know if he knew who i was he just was like oh wow you are i was about to ask you that very question like how many of the kids how many of the kids know oh my gosh okay so this is the funny part so i teach i literally i have teach i've taught k through high school and then of course i coach you know, college students, I, and I coach professional actors. Awesome. But literally in this school, I'll teach K through five, where I'll do drama and I'll come into the classrooms and do drama. And then I do the middle school play. So I'm doing uh, 
uh, Willy Wonka Jr. now. And then um, I also have a drama electives that I teach a drama elective and a film elective. So I am teaching a lot. Plus I'm doing movies, like I'm doing a movie next Saturday. (laughs) Like I'm doing, and another thing I wanted to tell you about, but the funny part about teaching is the kids all know me and they appreciate me for my teaching. They have no idea about my career, really. I mean, some maybe, but it's not like they're little. So why should Mm -hmm. they know who I am? They just love what I teach them. Right. And then the parents are like, oh my God, it's Diane Franklin. (laughs) Right. That's a, that's a, and I'm like, I just, okie dokie. Right. So, you know, I just do both. And that's just the way I live. I mean, I enjoy it. I love it sounds like you really live yeah. life on your terms too, which is very commendable yeah. and inspirational. It sounds like, you know, when you get it in your head that you're going to do something this way, then this is the way we're going to do it. I, I really admire that. That's awesome. Well, and also, you know, I, again, I don't ever feel, I don't go through life and say, okay, I'm done. Or, right. oh, I'm on the, I'm getting older now and I'm too old to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I don't play by those roles. I right. do my own thing. I, um, I wrote books, and in fact, um, I wrote a Better Off Dead book for those who like the movie, and it was a big responsibility for me because I love the film, and I love all the actors in it, and I really uh, wrote it with m- not only, you know, what I did in the film, but really tried to represent everybody else in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a, something funny for you guys. I don't know if you know this. I'm going to Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, and I will be at SCAD on April 28th. So you fans, really? anyone, um, uh, I will be at SCAD and it's going to be a Better Off Dead reunion. Oh. It's going to be the biggest and best reunion ever. Um, because the producer of it, Andrew Meyer, uh, is a uh, professor there. And he contacted me and he contacted the cast. So it's going to be, um, to- oh no, it's, I would say magnifique. I just wonder, I, I just wonder, with it being a reunion, does the paper boy finally get his two dollars there? Or I, I know I brought this up earlier, but I, I, I can't help but wonder. A sequel <laughs> so we can find out. <laughs> right? Right? He, exactly. He's calculated See, it, right? <laughs> when you go there, you need to pitch this and we need a sequel, and he needs to get his money plus interest you know like in, absolutely like inflation for today way, look, and everything i'm wearing my better off dead shirt he's no sweat hey there you go that's all <laughs> awesome. cool. he's no sweat cool. with this being a with this being a uh, savannah college of art and design thing is it going to be open to public like can we yes and it, that's right that's why i'm saying go and it's open to the public people go online get tickets now okay it's only one night seven o'clock um and yeah i mean just go to scad and they, I think they have links, right? SCAD, mm-hmm. Better Off Dead. And that will show you where the tickets are. Okay. And anyone can come. And Because Savannah's um, like three hours away from me. So I'm like, I'm liable to be I'm there. I'm telling you, I'm thinking <laughs> like you guys are, you're somewhere. It's major. It's going to be major. I'm really, really excited. So you would love it. It's going to be, <laughs> we're going to do a Q&A and a lot of surprise people. I can't, they won't let me say anything who is going to be there, but there will be right. wonderful surprises. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is cool. awesome. That is very cool. You know, you mentioned, um, I think I read this somewhere. You're talking about when you did Amityville, that it's like a rite of passage in a way for actors and actresses to do a horror movie, that you mm-hmm. must do a horror movie. 
with with you doing that and also doing Last American Virgin, kind of like the you know teenager coming of age type movie as well, it seems like it can apply both ways to both of them. Which one did you like better though? Did you like doing the you know the, the teenage coming of age type movie, or was the horror movie you know that and then some for you? That's a good question. I mean, I think both of them had both of them had things about them that I really loved. Um, Virgin, I love because there, I mean, my role, I've never in my whole life would ever have had me cast as a dream girl. And that was the role because I, of my curly hair, that was something I would never have been cast in, uh, if it had been done in the seventies, they would never have cast me. And the fact that I got cast in that part really made me feel good as far as the kind of casting as far as like first of all I mean obviously I loved being able to play the lead girl which which was just for me acting all those years being given that part made me feel very capable like I felt like oh good you know they're seeing that I can do this but the other part of it was that I represented something that never happened before they never you know a curly haired girl was never the dream girl it was always the blonde blue hair blue eyed right. straight hair girl you know and it was a big deal. I mean, I that was a very big deal for me. And the role, I love Virgin. I mean, now when I watch it, I just feel, I just love it. I mean, it, it, it really gets to me as well. Although <laughs> they play the one song, I think it was, oh gosh, one of the songs, uh, lying beside, no, I don't know what, one of the songs they play over and over and over again. And right. that was the only thing I went, oh, wow. They keep playing that song, but, um, I love the movie. I love Virgin. Uh, and I think it's just because I love, rom you know, romance and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Amityville um, it was a good horror film. It was, cl it's a classic horror film. It is. What was um, it like to work with Paulie? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Paulie. Oh, he is a sweetheart. I, Bert Young, like I can only like, say is just you know a doll. He's so nice. I mean, okay. Yeah, he can get really... I guess he can get really scary. I just never saw him in the through those eyes. Right. I always saw Bert as um, a great actor. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw him as. I didn't see oh, him as was. scary guy. That's and a lot true. of people go, "Is he nice? Is he really nice?" And I'm like, "Yes, he is super nice. He's a great sense of humor, um, and he's also I think he's also stubborn like me." So they broke down. He seems like he gives off this air about him that like. It seems like, it, like it, it, to know him in real life or to work with him, we call him Uncle Bird. <laughs> I, I have only known him as Polly, and that, that's my impression of him is with the, the Polly character. Polly. Yeah, that's, that's the only I've ever known him as was that. I've never seen him hardly anything else. But Well, that, that's a very good point because the truth is when you – when whatever you see an actor in the first time is how you see them. Yeah. Like I'll get people who've seen me in Virgin, and they – even though there's Better Off Dead and uh, Bill and Ted's and Terrorvision and Summer Girl and whatever, all the other different things, they see me as Karen in Virgin because that's the first thing they saw me in. And they believe that's who I am, that, you know? That is true. Um, right. Uh, yeah. So it's really when they first, you know, some people saw me in Bill and Ted as the princess and that's it. So I really that think... Would, that one was me that I can remember anyway because the transition from the transition from the old English princess to... The, you know, you had the curly hair, but the, the, to, to the to the kink wave, the the 80s, the 80s, 90s transitional kind of, you know, the day glow socks and the Debbie. Yes. Kind of, that was just 
because you know I'm that time I'm 10 11 12 years old so that's what I'm <laughs> in love with so <laughs> that, yeah that's that's what I remember too yeah it's just it's a personal thing and I mean as an actor you just do your thing you just do your best and it's not your job it's not my job to say well you should don't look at that movie this is the movie you should look at it's your it's your job it's the audience's prerogative and if they like me in a movie then I'm glad that I did my job. I did a good job. They how, about, me. how about doing television? I know you did a lot of television yeah. episodes. Like you did Freddy's Nightmares, which kept me up at night. Because I was one of those kids that like, I was scared of my own shadow at night. But at the same time, I couldn't stop watching scary movies. Like I'm a horror fanatic. So Oh, I love horror. I um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, like again, um, well, television I love because it's a whole, it's another way of working. It's, I would say, you know, very demanding in the sense that you have to really it's because there's a lot of money going into it and there's a lot of uh, advertising and all this stuff. And you have to really be on your game to do television. And I loved the process. It was really fascinating. And, and that Freddy's Nightmare was though incredibly exhausting because I was in the entire episode. So I was working every day and they were doing all these different kind of makeup things and shot right. things. And, uh, and I was screaming and crying. And so like, it was very exhausting. At the end, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Um, yeah. If you ever see it, it's called The Bride Wore Red. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I loved I loved doing that. Again, I, oh, by the way, like the thing that you were talking about with all the different things, like I did a Murder, She Wrote and a Charles in Charge. Mm-hmm. So I've done comedy and drama and I did Dallas the early years. And, yep. um, you know, all these different television things as well as film and horror. Um, what I think is interesting is that as an actor now, I've reached a wider audience. So mm-hmm. some actors only do horror and they just reach that audience. But because I've done so many different things, um, it's really cool because I get to meet so many different kinds of people. And like with the internet now, I have more exposure. And so people go, oh, wait, I've seen her in that, you know? So, right. uh, yeah. And you're still even busy now too. How long have you been teaching? Now I'm gonna say, 20 like 25 years what wow you've been teaching that long and you have <laughs> no. not stopped but you've not stopped you've not stopped i mean you've been consistent with your work all and i'm still acting right today. now like I you've did, got a couple of new projects coming too yeah yes i well you know what happened was after i raised my kids and my daughter olivia's uh olivia is a filmmaker and she when she was, you know, gosh, 10 years old, she started making little films and she asked me to be in them. Actually, when she was four, she did four, five, five, she made her first movie and mm-hmm. mom was in it. And I really didn't think I was going to be acting again. I thought, okay, well, we're done because I have my family now. I'm going to focus on them. And then she wanted me to act in some of her films. And I thought, okay, all right, fine. Mom will be in the films. And so there's some classics, by the way, like things that you guys have never seen. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. hilarious um, that I have played for her in film. Someday she'll probably put them out uh, where I've been acting in her movies. And she started submitting them to film festivals. They started winning awards. And then people started, nice. I think, seeing me and, you know, thinking about me for roles. And I started getting some submissions and one thing led to another, and then I did a, um, a Q&A at Quentin Tarantino's Be- uh, The New Beverly. And when I was there, there was a writer-director named Daniel Ferens, and he was freaked out by Amityville to The Possession when he was a kid, but now he's an adult, and he wrote this movie, and he asked me to play Louise DeFeo, which is, an, this was a 
uh, it was a, I wouldn't know if it's a remake of Amityville. It was sort of a docudrama. Murders, yeah. But this time, yeah. so instead of playing the daughter, I was playing, he asked me to play the mother. And I literally burst into tears because awesome. that is, I get to play two different perspectives in the same film. I was mm -hmm. just like, how, this is amazing. I mean, just an experience. So I, that is somewhere that's on, I think we did that in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did also for him, I did um, Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman, mm -hmm. where Olivia's in that, my daughter. Okay. She plays, she's the one who fights off Bundy. Ah, there we go. Um, and I played a totally different character. Um, and then, oh my gosh, I, I did a movie called High Holiday with uh, Jennifer Tilly, who's a dear friend of mine. Yes. And yes. Jennifer Tilly does the Chucky series. Mm -hmm. Yes. Bride of Chucky. She's so beautiful and so cute and sweet. And she's such I, a nice person. So I'm just sharing that with you. I think her friends. voice is what, star, what rocketed her to the top. Yes, her voice stands I out. Her I, voice, I, think. Yes. I remember her from yeah. Moving Violations. If you haven't right? seen Moving Violations, you should see that. It's it really She's really funny in it. Yeah. Right? And she's very funny at High Holiday, too. She was really excellent. So um, we did that movie together. And then... And that was with Cloris Leachman. That was the last film she did, I think, before she died, too, which oh, wow. was like, oh, she's amazing in Young Frankenstein. Uh, the, yeah, Fr Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. um, so, and now, so recently, and then there's, I've done this movie called, um, I did this movie called Waking Nightmare, which has not come out. I don't know if it comes out, but if you ever see it, like if it ever does come out, I've seen a screening of it and if mm -hmm. like if ever I was to win an award, that's the like that film was amazing. Yeah, like that. I saw it. I got excited when I saw it because uh, I saw it on 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 uh, IMDb and I saw you standing there with like the dish glove and the razor knife. Yes. Oh, oh it's doing. Are you the bat? Are you are you the baddie in I'm this? I'm not one? telling. <laughs> it's so, it's so it's bad. So now. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Mm -hmm. Whatever, I'm letting it go. In the meantime, um, I've done a couple. Um, I did. I don't usually do short films. That's mm -hmm. like a thing where it has to be very special. And it turned out that there was this young man named Austin Ramey and he asked me to do a short film of his. But why I did it was because he was a young student, a high school student. And I spoke in his school. I spoke in the high school mm -hmm. uh, in front of all these you know, students. They invited me as a guest speaker. And he came up to me and he asked me, he said, how do I work with actors? And I remember like nobody did it except him. And four years later, he was making a graduate film and he asked me, would you be in my film? And I said, absolutely, because you stuck with it, Heck right? Yeah. He's a That's student, awesome. he proved himself. And I'm like, you deserve, I'm going to do your film. And I did it. And just this past February, I won my first acting award as best supporting actress for this film called awesome. Falling Up. Well, congratulations nice. on that. Thank you. My whole life. My whole so I finally got an acting award and I was really I'm really touched by that. That was very special, especially since it was from this young man who's the future generation. You know, all these filmmakers, the next generation is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful film, it's sort of X Files kind of like film. And um so that is now making the um films film festival circuit. It's gonna be at the Pasadena Film Festival, I think in um May. So if you hear of you look up the film Falling Up, uh, it's he put it all over. So that I won an award at the Hollywood 
in uh, Hollywood Independent Real Film Festival. So that was just recent. And then I have another film coming up in October. And this is a short film also, but it's called Paradolia. And the director, I shot it in England and the, the director, uh, the, the producer, um, he said to me, he thinks this film's gonna win a lot of awards. He, he is amazed by it. He's never seen anything like it. And I'm like, okay, so we'll see what happens. So Heck it's yeah. very fun being in my, my world right now because I'm teaching, but I'm also not just teaching without doing, you know? And right. I think it, that's a really important thing. Like, why do we stop ourselves from, from doing, you know, mm. all the things we love? And, and it also keeps me, um, abreast of what I'm teaching with the kids. Like I go, okay, well, this is, you know, like today entertainment's so different, the the internet and, you know, TikTok and there's all these different things. So I, mm -hmm. as an actor, feel like I just keep learning, keep, all I can tell you people is keep learning. Don't ever stop learning, you know, right. whether you're reading or watching, that's what keeps you young. Yeah, our knowledge has always been, yeah, no doubt. You just keep going. And, that, and go back to school. Too. It's never too late. Seriously, we, I tell you, well, I yeah. kid you not, you will have a blast. Not only that, too, is is all of, the, all of the movies and TV shows that we just named off is just a drop in the bucket. That's just a fraction of, of your body of work, too. Like, Thank we you. just, good Lord, you are so busy. Where do you find the time? He's like, where do you find the time? Right, because I'm not I mean, married. Okay, so then, <laughs> let's, get, let's get that straight. Like, what? Like, time. You got to learn how to sleep less, Chris. <laughs> sleep less. See? There you go. Sleep less. Uh, no doubt. That's amazing. Like, just. My, I just find my time is uh, I I that is true. Like my my time is valuable. Like I mm -hmm. that's why I do so many things. But it is it's I'm living a, a life that is up to my standards, up there to what go. I yeah. want to live my life. I I say okay, this is what I want to do, and so I think I don't I don't know. I just I just never saw it any other way where you just go out and do what you can while you can. That's the hack. Yeah, that's that's the hack. They always talk about hacking life. That's the hack right there. Mm -hmm. Do what do what you want to do. Make you and and others that you can around you happy and, and you know what I mean. Just savor it. And why do you let other people's opinions of you or their thoughts stop you from being who you are or what you want to do? I mean, not as long as and I will say this as long as you are being kind and good to yourself, like yeah. if you're self-destructive, you know, then that's, that's a sign of not wanting to put into yourself, but you're mm -hmm. worth it. Everybody is valuable. I mean, I always say like, you know, there are people who never made it to being alive and here we are. So, no you doubt. know, take advantage of your existence and your. One being. of my favorites is, is yeah. time is an ocean. Life is but a breath. Hold it as long as you can. Oh, nice! I love this. Travis is very cool. He's you've oh, got a lot. You. I think he's got a. I think he's got a book open over there. He's reading from or something. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> go to my Facebook right now. That's my quote. It used to be a bad fit. You need a quote of the day. You need a quote or quote of the show, right? There we go. We usually have. Uh, for, for now on, we're going to end the show with a quote from Travis. Not a joke anymore. Yeah. Okay. There well, you go. Like <laughs> I started right. this right. I got one for today. Show wise men say, "Don't lick the spoon in chemistry class." <laughs> that is, that is true. That is true. 
Hey, did uh, I always like to ask this to people when we get them on, which is not a lot of people, but still, uh, was there ever a role that you wanted that you missed out on that you went oh. for like, that you really wanted more than anything? So, so many. Oh, so many, so many tears. So hard, so hard. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, the first one that comes to mind is um, Amadeus. That would have been amazing. And if you get my book, you'll read all about it. I, uh, wrote three books. The first one's called Diane Franklin, The Excellent Adventures of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. <laughs> you didn't that. have to say it. Aren't you happy, Travis? I love um, it. <laughs> the second one's called The Excellent Curls, and that's mostly about Last American Virgin. And then my new book is called Diane Franklin, The Excellent Comedy of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. And the comedy is about Better Off Dead. Okay. Um, I knew one had something about the curly hair. Yes, that's the second one. Because the second curls one. is the about last American virgin. Um, mm. So you asked me what my roles. Okay, so here's some fun things. I would have loved to have done Costanza in Amadeus, but if I had done that, my career probably would have gone a list. Uh, I would have been an a list actress, and I would say that um, I probably would not have been able to do all the fun films I did after, even Better Off Dead, because I would have had to look for more um, sort of career building vehicles, you know, film projects. Um, I like to think everything happens for a reason. So yeah, no. And I, and I believe that I absolutely do. Um, but I would also have loved to get ready. I would have loved to have done flash dance. Oh, I had a call man. back for flash dance. Could you imagine? That would have been awesome. Curly hair. Would have been, would have do, 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 do. Um, that would have been very fun. But I mean, Jennifer Beals was amazing. I think I look too young. I have always looked younger than my age, so I think I would have been too young for that role, but I loved her in that. Um, also, a Karate Kid. I was. It was between myself and Elizabeth Chu oh, and another girl yeah. for that movie, which would have been really fun. That, right. that would have been good. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Bachelor Party. It would have been great oh, to play opposite Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. again, uh, uh, um, Katane. Oh my gosh. Um, I forgot her first name. Tony Katane. Tony, Tony, Tony Katane. Mm -hmm. um, who, by the way, I got to know before she passed. I couldn't believe when she passed recently or within the last couple of years. Um, but I didn't know that she had auditioned for the same thing. So, uh, you know, again, totally different type, but mm -hmm. I really enjoyed um, auditioning for all these things. I auditioned for The Exorcist. I mean, really? could you imagine? It, it's so, always fun to ask what if, you know, like what if yeah. this person that got this role, like they, you, they, you, they, they talk about uh, Tom Selleck being offered the role of Indiana Jones, how that how would have went ultimately if he had not done Magnum PI, we would never had Magnum PI. He right. would have been Indiana Jones. Would it have been as good? We don't know mm -hmm. because we're so used to knowing that Harrison Ford did it. Yes. You know, I mean, no, it is fascinating. And when you, when you think about people doing different, things i actually uh i auditioned for a pilot a, a um a tv series and had that tv series gone i would have been a television actress mm -hmm. it was a lead and it was a called too good to be true and it was um i think it was for abc and you just don't know sometimes things go it didn't go and if so i would never have done the films i would never have had the stretch in my career um well. and I, I like think, being a film actress. I, I took more chances and it was really fun. I think how you were talking about earlier, how it was unheard of too. Like if it was the sixties, you wouldn't have been cast in lead roles because you just weren't thought of like your type wasn't thought of as the babe. I think you 
I think your smile was way too great to play Regan in in uh, Exorcist anyway. So yeah. <laughs> no way you can. Thank you. <laughs> right? Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that would have been wild. I didn't even know. Uh, it was funny. I had no idea um, what I remember getting the sides and reading them, and I had no idea what the words meant. <laughs> you mother beep and beep. I right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. When I was a kid listening to songs, you know, our generation, everybody, everybody's music's so bad for to their parents or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I'm listening to things like Conway Twitty, Love to Lay You Down. Like, and I'm like, my music's like y'all were talking about the same stuff. Like, but it's funny that you don't realize what those things are until you until you do get older. You know what I mean? And yep. you realize your music wasn't as clean as you thought it was. Right, exactly. <laughs> what? They were nasty. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a meme floating around about that, I believe, where it's a, a kid, the parents like, uh, you can't listen to, you know, plug in today's band or whatever because how dirty right. they are. And it says, while you're sitting there with your head, was on listening to the two live crew or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you always think, yeah, it's, it's the worst, but then the next generation takes it to the next level. And you're like, maybe it wasn't so bad. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, now you mentioned earlier, I just want to ask you something real quick before I, before I do forget about this. When you did uh, Amityville, I've heard some people say before when they do horror films that sometimes it kind of sticks with them and they get nightmares from it and everything or, or something, or something on set or about it scares them. Right. Uh, Rob, Robert England had a thing where he talked about, he had fallen asleep in his makeup chair uh, in his, in his, in his little uh, room there. And when he woke up from his nap, he looked in the mirror, he was still in Fred Krueger get up and he jumped. Because it scared That's him to death crazy. or anything. Freddy Krueger thing was every time what that was a real nightmare that Wes Craven had, and then every time yeah. that he had a night, he'd start having nightmares again. He'd make another Freddy movie, and then the nightmares would go away. That's his oh, interesting. History, yeah, but did yeah. anything ever stick out to you like that or anything, or is it just like any of the movie? Um, when I did Amityville, the first well, okay, so I, my horror uh, background is okay. Amityville. I also did Terror Vision, but that was mm -hmm. more of a parody. Um, Freddy's Nightmares, um, then Amityville, uh, the murders, and mm -hmm. Ted Bundy. Okay, and then now this Pareidolia. Okay, so so when I did Amityville two, I did not have any ni nightmares because I had to play that innocent character. So I was very, I I just let myself be very innocent, and I deflected anything bad. So I did not let myself feel anything because I had to be the one who was innocent. It wouldn't have worked if I was afraid. Like if I came in, the only thing I had to do was obviously be afraid and, you know, be upset after the incest situation, obviously. Right. Um, but that was within character and it wasn't something that happened in the film. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just being in the moment of what was going on. Mm -hmm. But when I did Amityville Murders, that film, I played the mother. And because of that, my attention was on my kids in the film. And I had to be very, it just had a different focus. It, my, my focus was out, not, not protective or in. And when I did that film, crazy stuff happened. And I actually, personally, when I, I was filming, I would film during the day and then I would come home and, you know, get a good night's sleep, see my husband, blah, 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 and then go back the next day. And but I had to try to, like, retain that character. Like, I'd have to be able to kind of turn it on and off whenever I was working. But you still have an undercoat of it. And so 
when I would go to bed, I in Amityville, the whole thing about it is when these, if anybody, if you don't know, when it's based on a true story and mm-hmm. when you, when the children or the people died in Amityville, in the real story, a, a 23 year old boy murdered his family. That's a true story. That's right. 1979, I think, um, that really happened. And when they died, the entire family was laying on their stomach, sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I, and this was sort of also why, because the Indians were buried there on their stomachs. Like that was just part yeah. of the whole mythology if you hear about Amityville, everyone. Right. And it was obviously odd because look, if someone's shot, you're gonna get up and hide. You're not gonna be staying in your bed. And all of these kids in the family and the parents, there was no sign of struggle. It was just, they just laid there. So there's a mm-hmm. there's a thing that is beyond what these movies are about. There's, in fact, Amityville Origins, I think is going to deal with about, this is the next project that's coming out that right. they're gonna talk and then, about. And the, the other scary thing about that too is, is you know, you, you've got that incident and then you've got like the Lizzie Borden thing. And then you've got, you know, this has happened in these, there, there's been more than just a couple of cases that, you know, we've made movies out of where this type of thing has happened, where uh, one of the yes. children has, has done this to their family. Yeah, it's, there's something, something scarier. real. And we're trying to, you know, look, there are things we understand and there are things that we do not understand. Right. Let's just, that's, that's life right we're still trying to figure out obviously there's no we're not ever going to know everything it's just not and we're not meant to i think Mm -hmm. we're just we're just speculating what things could be in but in this case i you know i found myself sleeping on my stomach and i just got the creeps i was like i cannot do that i cannot do i'm like in the middle of the night i had to turn myself around it was just like i forced myself to sleep on my back during that whole film because i and then weird things happened um during the filming of that movie again because I'm playing a character that's you know as a mom you feel things with your kids and even though they were characters in the movie you know I put myself in that woman's place Louise DeFeo and I put myself in her head and her emotion and you know you never know what comes to you from that I mean mm-hmm. if you really are in that place in that space you just don't know what things develop and I I just know that like when I when I get into playing a character, I am very committed and I'm very, I allow it and I'm vulnerable. And if something weird happens, I just let it go around me. I don't, I don't tighten up and get scared because I know that, you know, who we, you know, we just don't know what the truth is. And so I'm sorry to go on this run on sentence, but in Amityville murders, it's called, you look up Amityville murders movie, by the way, don't look up Amityville murders because then you will see the actual murders. Right. So if you look up Amityville Murders movie and they had like a Blu-ray or DVD and they have special features in that. And they did a thing where they went to all the actors and they asked them if something creepy happened to them or weird or unusual during the filming. And I said some things that happened to me, but I didn't know that other things happened to other actors. And so if you ever get this well, that movie, wasn't promotional for the movie then. That no, was, like, I mean, I'm really just happened. telling you, I saw it and I was, I was wow. gripped. I was like, I didn't know that happened to them or yes. Like that was so weird. Like there were things that happened to people that I didn't know they experienced and I had my own thing. So 
I had like something, I mean, one of the things that I had was, I don't know if I told, if it's this, but I had a thing with, um, I'm just trying to think of all, which one I should tell you. I had, my experience was that I was sitting at lunch and having food with the cast and we were outside and there was this big awning over us. And all of a sudden these giant walnuts, sort of like this size, kind of walnut size things, pods fell into my lap, maybe under, maybe like six or eight of them in my lap while I'm eating and it didn't go anybody else but just me and the amount of space that it came through was probably like that big like it was odd that so many of them came in this direction at an angle into my lap and then in my lap these pods opened up slowly and out of them came these giant shiny beetles what that they were black shiny beetles and they slowly came out they were like giant i would say like giant flies they mm -hmm. came out and they slowly fluttered away and i thought first of all this is weird i knew when it was happening i said this is an amityville thing i'm just and everyone looked at me and i'm like it's just amityville it's just it's a spirit or something i'm just gonna let it be and i just relaxed and just let it happen and people were freaked out okay they were oh like the table. what is that and i was just like, i can imagine it's the only thing i could say is that it had to have been a like a spirit or a a sign it was mm -hmm. very strange and it was just wild. one of the things that happened just they remade that uh, the Amityville movie, I believe, with Ryan Reynolds. I'm not mistaken. I think it was Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. In 2005 uh, or something. That was kind of watching, between. Yeah. yeah. They make a lot I, of Amityville movies. I, I remember watching that. He was that singing movie. at Dodger Stadium then. Do I? Hmm? I said that was around the time that she was singing at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know. Yes, I did sing at Dodger Stadium. What I brought that about? Is that, that something that you have something going on and in, 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 that was in the pop culture in the area at the moment? Or was that something that they just... You got a phone call out of the blue or? It was so bizarre. I, I went to a baseball game and was watching with my family. We went to Dodger games and I saw the Tron and I, and they were playing eighties movies on it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's really cool. I wonder if they ever played better off dead because we shot the last scene in Dodger stadium. Okay. So I had a manager at the time and he, I, I said, do you think they'd want to do a signing? I didn't even know, but I thought something, if they're doing eighties stuff, then they should connect with better off dead because that's sort of it's perfect yeah. it just was like kismet i mean i didn't care for me as much as i was just like that would be very fun to do a signing there of people like better off dead and all that so mm -hmm. the manager said to me i'll ask and they said well we don't do signings but would you like to sing the national anthem <laughs> and i said <laughs> that's even what? better <laughs> what could you just what and they i they didn't even know i could sing and he's and i said well I'm, and i'm like i gotta be brave i knew i'd go. be afraid i'm like i'm gonna do it whenever i feel afraid i do it anyway i do it anyway I, I go into my fear as opposed to going out and i'm like yes yes i will do it so then they said okay we want to send we, we're not sure if you want to do the french anthem or the american anthem <laughs> and i was like the french anthem like nice i don't even know if i feel comfortable doing the french anthem because it's not my country very strange like you don't realize it until you have to do it where you're thinking 
I don't know, I guess. Do they want me to do it in a French dialect? Uh, you know, oh, yeah, Canada. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I would want to hear it little Paloma Blanca. <laughs> right? Oh, it's just so funny. So eventually, yes, they said, we want you to sing the national anthem. And my singing is like operatic. It's not like, you know, belty and big and you know there's a lot of people who sing it and they just sing it so incredibly and I'm like oh can you you know like this kind of thing and they're like what is so I went up there and I sang it and they they loved it they said okay and and I think it was I went and I sang it and I think they were they just wanted to make sure that it was going to be respectful because of after what Roseanne had done originally if you don't know yeah it was not very respectful so they made sure it was yeah. respectful I went up there I sang and it was amazing. It was surreal. And I remember singing and everyone was looking at me like they were the audience, like I was singing too. They were looking like this. And I, I was like, Oh wait, I guess I'm not good. So I'll just relax more and sing even louder and relax. And it turned out they were looking at me at the Tron. That's so, awesome. What a yeah. and people came to me afterwards so and said cool. that was the way it should be the anthem should be sung and they were just very um so awesome. yes but i had no there was nothing i was uh promoting i just got lucky, lucky. that's so cool that's so cool they just kind of be, it ended up being kind of a happenstance kind of thing yeah it was great yeah well uh tell you what we don't want to keep you all night long here i know we're just getting your time and everything if you want to give us your uh social media and stuff for the fans out there that might want to take a visit and you know, see where you're at there and follow you in things and let them know where they can find you at and maybe where they can yes. get the book and i if you follow me i promise you a very uh fun unpredictable experience <laughs> it's very i have the craziest instagram and Twitter and it's just really fun. So anyway, okay, my Twitter is Diane Franklin 80, 80, no S. And my Instagram is actress Diane Franklin. And my Facebook is uh official Diane Franklin fans, I think, because my regular Facebook is full. And I seriously, I kid you not, I think I have like a thousand people who are trying to get on my regular Facebook and it's full, but the other one I am also on. So join the official one and you'll see like my books. I have three books and you'll see that. And that's me. Awesome. I'm totally Great. getting all that. And anybody who wants to go to the SCAD thing, uh, uh, tickets are free for SCAD card holders. They're $2 for students, military and seniors and $8 see? for the general public. And for it more is going to be fantastic. You will love it. Yes. You. For more information, you can contact the SCAD Theaters at scad.edu. I am going to try my best to get down there. without. I, I need to be closer to Savannah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You. Travis, if you go, you will have to take pictures for the podcast. Oh, Savannah we'll is incredible. Um, Savannah, one of my favorite places on earth. Uh, it's weird to say. This is going to sound weird. But um, Diane, have you ever been to Savannah? No, and I hear it is wonderful. Oh and I God. hear the food is to, amazing. Yeah, the food isn't. That's why I said you have to go eat at Zunzi's. Uh, a lady from South America owns it. They were on, um, I think they've been on Food Network three or four times. It's the best chicken sandwich in the world. It's called the Conquistador. Um, it's pretty amazing. She makes her own sauces. But what I was going to say is one of my favorite places in the world is Bonaventure. This is weird. Cemetery. But it's one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in your life. It's an it's such an old cemetery and it's famous there uh midnight in the garden of good and evil were, was filmed there 
there's a couple there, there's a good film history in it but the the architecture and then the way that you know in savannah and, and here in south carolina too in, in beaufort and charleston and all that we have the the spanish moss coming in and hanging from the trees and all the old live oaks it's just one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see well and thank it, you for sh- sharing that because i i love it i mean i would love to see it sounds yeah, beautiful. adventure is amazing there's a story about a little girl um, they they moved her headstone because people started vandalizing it back in the 90s. Um, she's famous, too, for what I can't remember. I wish I had this information in front of me. But um, her her headstone or the little the little thing on her headstone, it's a it's an, a cherub with angel wings and all. And the way they've got it gated and, and the way that the groundskeepers keep all of the the foliage and everything around it's just it's breathtaking and that's weird to say about a cemetery but i promise you it is it's amazing bonaventure cemetery in savannah all right good i'm gotta go (laughs) yeah Right, well, thank you for joining us tonight. I really do appreciate you coming on and telling talking with us all this time and everything and i'm sure people who are listening are going to enjoy it as well and if you ever get a a chance to make it into nashville let me know i mean i will i'm gonna find a place to be at Heck yeah. Thank you so much, Diane. Thank you for having me on the Great show. I had a blast. No, no we doubt. had a blast too. Thank you. All right. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> what y'all said. <laughs> 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 All right. That was great. I'm uh, really glad she came on. It was a fun, fun time there. Uh, yeah. We have to shoot her an email too. Maybe get her back one. She seems like she would come back. Oh, I'm sure. Quite possible. Was, like you were not kidding. She was so easy to interview because, like, we just yeah. Go. She oh no, she, she's a very fun person to listen to talk and everything. She has a lot of good stories, a lot of good talk and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I was you know researching some over the weekend and I saw several of her interviews and they were very good interviews. And Tim, friend of the show, eighty Flick flashback, had had her on on his show as well. And I've heard that one and she was very good on that one as well. Right. Uh, so uh, if you yeah, haven't I'm seen for people. That's what she was like. She she actually kicked off the curly hair girl. Yeah, like, it's like you know what I mean. Like man, what? Because she had she did she. Had, it's like even like I said did I meant like she does have one of the best smiles. Like her smile melts me. Yeah, she's great. I mean, if you and if you had never seen Better Off Dead, like I mentioned earlier, it's that role was perfect for her. That and um, Last American Virgin both. They were probably perfect for and her. I think. Mm-hmm. And all these other ones that I'm gonna go check out at some point. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Bill and Ted, of course, that was a good one. That was a great one. Yeah, I really am. You know, I did. I, I I meant to ask her, did what was it like working with Keanu Reeves? I did forget. I to know. Do that. I know. We didn't, well, that's why I said we definitely want to get her back for a second, man, because she was so awesome, and we didn't like. You know what I mean? It's like, well, but this, like I told her though, you know, we want to know you. We want to know whatever you want to talk about. We want. We don't want to. But yeah, we get to. You I, know, I, we get to talk to her two or three times. No, I, I thought everything went great. Everything, everybody uh, we've interviewed so far has just been like so cool. Like sit around, have dinner with, hang out, be friends with. You know, like just right. cool people. Easy to talk to. No doubt. So I'm gonna hit scab well, for real. I'm, I'm gonna try my best to go. What if we get John Cusack on here on the interview? Uh, he might. Well, you never know. He'll be there. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd He'll be, be cool. there. She'll be like, "Hey, John, these are really cool dudes." But and then John will be like, "Sure, why not? <laughs> sure, why not?" <laughs> Talk some, uh, talk some better off did talk some con air. Yeah. We'll talk, uh, talk quite a few things. So, well, I'll go ahead and get it ready. Wrap everything up. I know you got things you got to do tonight too and everything. So, um, 
yeah, once again, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're new to following the show, make sure you do give us a follow. Uh, we got a lot of fun things we talk about. And as you see tonight, sometimes we get the great guests on and we have a fun time with them on here. I uh, look forward to the next one we get. And not quite sure when it's going to be, but we're working at it. So uh, let Travis put a few calls in, see who he can get this time. Maybe he'll surprise me. Oh, uh, man, I might go back and get Genghis Khan or Socrates. Socrates. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who Joan of Arc was? That's like Noah's wife, right? (laughs) Joan of Arc. That's what he he says in class. He goes, was that like Noah's wife? I'm going to call Rufus. Rufus? Yeah, I'll call Rufus. We'll get it done. (laughs) All right, well, everybody, thanks for listening to us. We'll catch you on the next episode. Travis? Have a good night, man. You too, brother.